Hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Zuzamen. Hi, CP. Thank you so much for acknowledging me. Uh, we are here to meet people that inspire us, right? Yes. So therefore, right. we we invited... Odd. Odd Winston. Who is doing what? He's, he's a filmmaker from Israel. He just won the, the Israeli Oscar for right. documentary. Right. Uh, and he's running, so he's what trying film? What to, film? he will tell us, he'll tell he us, will, okay. uh, he's trying now to get into the list of the American Oscar. I think he will. And uh, we hope, we really hope that he gets there because it's a great film. Oh, Alan, hi. Alan, <laughs> how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very, very much for the invitation. Oh, we are so... Tell yeah. us a little bit about this film. Summer Nights. Uh, Summer yeah. Nights is a very personal film. Uh, it's based on uh, small and very intimate conversations I did with my son, Alva. He's my elderly son. Uh, and uh, we did uh, those conversations before he goes to sleep, really in his bedtime, and the light is off and it's all and being held in whispers, very, very intimate conversations. They're all in the last uh, summer vacation before he goes to uh, first grade. So uh, at night we were making those uh, conversations, which we, he was telling me about his fears and about his desires and about everything, just how he looks at the world. Tell me something. Um, are you asking yourself the same questions that he's asking? Absolutely. He's asking me, I think, very nat like natural questions that every kid asks himself at a certain age. Actually, not only kids. It's questions that are... Um, Everybody's yeah, asking, but not everybody dares to, to reveal it. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's something very interesting. It's a beautiful film. Yes. It's an hour-long film. Very compelling. Mostly whis uh, whispering, but it's wonderful. And I think the beautiful combination with Alva that uh, he has the innocent of a kid uh, daring to ask this question, but in a very mature way. And I have to say that the way you handle it and your father and your wife, everybody, everything is basically helping him to reveal it even in a more mature way. It's really, um, I don't think that anybody dares to talk about all these things for, 
few minutes. And this is a whole hour that we can really find ourselves in it. But you, you know, know we're also easily. struggling. We're also struggling. I'm sure you thought about it and we'll come to it in a minute. How to externalize the internal. It meaning that you know, we look like I look at you now. I'm dying to know what you're thinking about, right? Can I connect? <laughs> can I connect to your thoughts? Uh, and then you yeah. the film, and then wow, the whole uh, inner. Yeah. So for this, they invented the camera, and I think the camera is like a very fast, and uh, it's like a highway to the internal world of a person. But it's not uh, enough to have the camera, you know. It's a, a, it's a starting point. I'm no, I know it's not enough, point, but, but you know, but the biggest achievement is if if through the camera we can really what I said connect to the thoughts or to the inner world, but then it the way you have a lot to do with it, not just <laughs> mechanical, you know, the, the camera. So um, something that we struggle so much even to write in in fiction, right? was extremely, I think, brilliant in this film. How much we connected to, to really to the, even subconscious, not just conscious. I think that there's this special thing, and I have to say that there, there's a film that was done before that. Uh, Ohad's wife is Swiss, and the first film was made when she was pregnant with Alva. And the second film is with Alva. Alva is the, the son we Alva see in the film. Alva is the son that we see in the film. The level of um, innocence and openness and the ability to reveal and to allow you to enter and dig in and bring out everything and share it with us, it's unbelievable. Because it's you got complete access. Very, complete access. We're, we're getting to a very, very personal moments that not many people uh, are willing to reveal, even inside their families or their friends. And um, I think it's your ability to go there and bring it out from these people and the way they give themselves to you, very secure and uh, very trusting. And it's and even you, because you reveal yourself a lot of stuff. It's so beautiful. Because, because so one, beautiful. Of, one of the things, if you ask a question, it's very interesting, you know, you really need to be prepared to react, even in a way that you are not willing to expose yourself, right? right. The other one asking you a question and you, how much you, are, you want to be exposed by the answer. And with you, I'm not sure it just, it's because your son, I guess that as a filmmaker, you are keen to do it. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I have the passion to understand people, to listen to people and to know more about people. I am very curious about people and of course, how the way they think and the way they uh, analyze the world. And um, it's something that is curious to me, even when I go to the beach or when I, when I sit in, in, a, in the street and just to look at people. I think people is the most interesting thing. You mentioned the bridge. Uh, one of the things that is striking and I think in everything you do is a dialogue between the story, the plot, the character and the images. I mean, I was stunned by the way you carry, you know, like from what we hear to what we see and then the, the juxtaposition like the water, like nature. Um, 
So I was wondering if, I, I don't know if you can even explain, how do you choose those images? Yes, it's very hard to explain it. I think it's something very intuitive. I don't really, it's not that I have the, this uh, analytic understanding of how uh, um, image is connecting to sound or to a dialogue uh, in, in summer nights, um, um, for example. But uh, it's uh, something that is very intuitive and uh, I'm, I'm looking for things that are inspiring me. So, or that they are stimulating something about something about them stimulates my emotions and they're um, fascinating me visually. So when something is inspiring you, it must work. I would never I put the camera up to something that is not inspiring me. This is something that, that is a rule for me. If something is not inspiring me, I will not film it. So but uh, it's okay. very interesting because there's something about um, scenery because your scenery is basically emotions. And, uh, and people. The only scenery that you take us out there is deep in the water, which is a very quiet world. And you don't have, you don't, the attention goes to you because you swim there. And it's, you it's really- It's a character, not him. No, you, really, yeah, you really dive in. So you dive in emotionally with people and then you dive in in the water. And this is the two, main characters that you put together in your films. I saw it a different it's, way, that's interesting. It's, uh, I it, thought that this is the use of an image of swimming and the water is really diving, if, if you are you know, into the subconscious of the character, did he want to run away? Did he want to cover himself and find- I don't think so. You know, it was overwhelming the experience of losing one um, infant in the, you know, in the pregnancy and then worrying about the second one and it was overwhelming and going under the water, it's more complicated. It's really going into very deep need, I think. So, you know, I don't know, we yes, can all- I think when you, I think the going to swim and of course, of course, when I'm diving, it's the ability to cover yourself 360, with this material that is completely peaceful. Yes. Of course, I would not. It depends on the day. But when I go to swim, it's peaceful you are... for you. If you put me there, <laughs> I don't think it will be peaceful. It's very personal. No. It's very personal. Even if the water is, is still your hip and you dive and you let the, the water cover you 360, you will get into a peaceful spot. You, it's it like. Never it's... happened to me because I, inv I invented this, uh, <laughs> this swim. You know, there is different types of swimming. And I invented, I think I already told it to the fan, fan swim. You know what it fan. is? Yeah, you, you can to, uh, you show us. Protect, you have to protect the fan so it will not get Ah, wet. I see. So I, yeah, yeah. I, I swim like a frog and it's really very funny because <laughs> I look thin, but I'm not very thin. So half of my body is inside. And the second half is like, you know, Floating. so you're under the water. I don't think I will ever know this feeling ever. So I really was. Um... But that's why it, it, it goes well with everything because when he speaks, it's whispering. When right. he swims, no, that's it's a different quietly. Oh, no, no, it's, and it's a different movie, but it's okay. I... It's the same person, but it's the same one. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. well, yeah. The two movies are, are so fascinating, I must tell you. Uh, both in the intent, what you are looking at, and in the visualization. You know, it's very rare. And um, 
the fact that you don't give, you, you really probe into both aspects. So I, I was, and, and some of it is so expressionistic, you know, and some of them, um, it's really by association. You know, it's almost like, so it's wonderful by association because then we may uh, attach, being attached to it differently. Like, I think we are a bit different. Yeah. Um, what was your first film, Han? I think I know. You mean my first film ever? How did you start? I actually started as a cinematographer and this was oh. my first passion. I came from actually the image. So my first passion is image. Uh, and my, my first films were about um, more conceptual films. Uh, they like took like a term and tried to examine it uh, sideways and not uh, linearly, not, not in a linear way. For example, my first film was Obsession. It's about trying to capture the way of a person that is in an obsession uh, way of thinking and to describe it visually in a cinematic way to try to translate a feeling or a way of thinking to a cinematic language. And these are actually not just my first film, but my first four films are like this. And uh, the last two that you saw, which, yeah. But the, the importance about these two films that you're speaking about, Week 23 and Summer Nights, is that uh, I really looked for the way to connect this uh, way of uh, exploring cinematic language also to uh, people's life and to their uh, emotions and to find a way to describe it uh, more narrative. They have a narrative structure in a way. Uh, so I, this was uh, like a development of things that I was researching back in the past. By, by the way, you know, the, in both films, and I guess in every film you do, there is a wide range, like an emotional range, you know, fear and fear of being abandoned and fear of death and, and uh, longing and love and, you know, so many emotions. There is any emotion that you were not being, you were not exposed, you couldn't, you couldn't expose? That not you could really. think of? I cannot think of it, but. Not really. I think, as you said, my my family, they gave me full access to everything I wanted to uh, film and uh, they were very collaborative. Uh, I think uh, at the beginning with Witprint 3, we, uh, the relationship with, between me and Rachel was just at the beginning, so Rachel was not even understanding what, what is it, what's the direction of this, where is it going? Rachel is uh, wife. And the mother of yeah. And the mother of Alba. In the first film, um, we follow her pregnancy. She was pregnant with twins when she lost one and Alva was born. Uh, and the no, second but, but, but film- People were afraid that he would be damaged. Right. And they didn't know- but if We to... don't want to give up yes, all the details. It's a spoiler, but- People need to see it. Yes. Uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> but it's like almost like, uh, you know, so much tension there in the film. Uh, you're really sitting on your edge Yes. To know what's going to happen and the sense of urgency, you know. But I want to ask you something. I I, I don't want it's to I mean, really maybe life and death. So right. I don't know if it's nice what I'm doing, but I will do it. I I I'm not sure if your wife can get angry. I didn't see anger. Oh, if I say it was subdued, it was subdued. It was subdued anger. And it it you know, um, 
there were points in the film that I was like pulling my hair, almost, you know? And we have to ask ourselves and what I will feel in that situation. It's very hard to, to feel when you don't have it. The thing, you know, one of the interesting things is when you're pregnant, not you as women, when you're pregnant, the whole world is behind your belly button, period. Right. There's, there's no existence outside no. of your belly. No. And the focus is so um, deep inside and it's growing and growing. When you have this, um, this drama taking place in your stomach, you know, in your belly, um, you, it's very hard to share it. And I don't think you can explain exactly the level of emotions that uh, is you're going through inside. Yes. Uh, but I think you had the ability, you and Rachel had the ability to share something that became so big and so uh, personal and so beautiful at the same time with the fear, with the tension, with, the, with all the range of emotions that are, you take us through. Uh, and I think especially with you because the fact that you weren't pregnant, but what you went through, right. uh, this was really the lead of the whole, uh, the whole story. Um, you turn it to the center of the world in a sense that you put it on a platform that basically represent every war and every zone that we are dealing with. And I, I think that this was unbelievable. Um, it's a beautiful movie, although the experience it's tough. Yes, very tough. But it's beautiful to see that Alva made it and made it well. And if you see the second film, you see how well you know yeah. he made it. Yeah. So yeah. we really recommend right. to watch these films. Just by the way, tell the people how to watch these films. Where do they where uh, they can see that? So uh, week twenty three is available in my website, so admilson.com. Uh, you can order it, it again. Online. Say it again. That .com. Okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it. My little peanut, the emotional roller coaster is getting worse by the day. The doctors are concerned about your development, so we have to go to many different checkups high-risk pregnancy department, genetical tests, MRI, and every three weeks, a special ultrasound to monitor your brain. We are constantly hearing that we are going into a disaster. Every doctor is recommending us to stop the pregnancy right away. And over and over again, we are told that you have an extremely high risk for brain damage, or that you might have a handicap that is so severe that you will not be able to live. With every doctor and every check, I can see how your father gets more and more terrified. On our way home from the last check, he told me that he has the feeling we are growing a little elephant man in my belly.
And Summer Nights is still not available outside of Israel, but we are working on that. Uh, I hope that after this Oscar run, uh, the ability to present it in the US or around the world outside of Israel will be more uh, available. More what, is the chance, what is the chance of it being um, distributed in cinemas, in theater? Although now, you know, I have a film which is stuck, so now to have the film on, in, in theater, but you know, it's quite a problem with documentaries in general to have them in the theater, right? Yes, um, there are several issues with this, uh, with this uh, idea. First of all, cinemas are, as you said, are not in their best uh, time period. And um, the film is a documentary, it's one hour long. So okay. there are several right. issues that are right. more right. complicated, but um, yeah. we're working on that as well. Tell me something uh, which struck me when I looked at the, at the uh, summer nights. Yeah. Uh, what, when you were talking to the, to your child, con, you know, the conversation out of it, what the, the thing that you most missed in yourself that maybe you lost becoming a grown up? You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I don't feel I missed something there is something about the happiness of uh, being a kid that uh, everything is joyful you know it's very easy to please a kid at this age of six mm -hmm. years old you bring him a straw he's like he's wow a straw <laughs> so everything is like pleasant pleasant and everything is pleasurable so maybe the the ability to um, see the world in such fresh eyes this is something that is uh, I would be happy to have more of that. Yeah. But um, aren't you afraid that he's walking into a greedy, materialistic, um, a different world that he's experienced now? Yes, we are trying to uh, postpone this as much as possible. Where uh, we have this Amish. <laughs> ah. Okay. Okay. Oh, honey, what did you get between you and your father? The relationship between you and your father. Did you get to some different understanding while making these films, uh, talking to Alva? Did you, did you reach a different level of uh, relations with your father through this, or you had it before? No, I think the film made things closer. Uh, first of all, he, we didn't hug before the film, and now we are hugging because he understood that it's important to keep it, and it's his responsibility to make this happen. Wow. And that's so, that's really um, also my father started speaking with his dead father. Uh, part of the film there, like there is this uh, uh, mysterious uh, photo that was of my uh, yeah. grandfather, grandfather, father's father, that he was hidden for many years in the closet. So now the, the photo out. is out of the closet. My father is making night conversation with his, uh, the picture of his, father with but, my grandfather. Know, really, I didn't want to admit because I'm supposed to understand. In the beginning of the film, for I don't know how long, I thought he is doing, he's talking to a dead father. I thought that the father is dead. Yo, I mean, you, right? God forbid, too. Yes. Um, but I had, and, and it took me some time to understand it is not. And I was fascinating because my father died when I was seven. So I used to try to find it everywhere I went, you know, I, from Michigan to New York, from Tel Aviv to a full, I don't know, maybe he's somewhere. So it's, uh, 
And then I understood that no, the father is, is real. He's real, yeah. Yeah. So what you told me now about- I think the father. father figure even- What did you yeah. say? That the father, father figure is, for me at least, it's something so strong. So it's, yes. I didn't want the, the presence, the physical presence, the material is not, is not the most important thing about the relationship with the father. I think something about the uh, stability and uh, the emotional level is, is there forever and it's not. Yeah. I think so even if you thought, just to finish this uh, point, if even if you thought that the father is not existing at the beginning of the film, this is something I didn't mean to happen, but I can understand why it, it made you think this way. But you know, this is really the, the point. You make a film, so I can start, I will, can be here and you can be here. So you start the film and in the beginning, you have your narrative and I'm watching it. But suddenly I come close to what you present to me. And then I bring for my drawers, right? Stuff that comes, every, now drawers are coming out, opening up according to the scenes that you show me. So I guess that I was overwhelmed that maybe he's talking to his dead father. That's because <laughs> it's my drawer. So it's very interesting how you can take people um, almost to a different place. I think that the scene that you cut his hair, that the fact that he allows you to use right. the scissors so close, why, why, why? Um, it's much stronger than a hug because he really gives himself to you. And this is something that, very touchy. And I think also the, the scenes with Alva, the connection between them, because Alva is right there. So he has no choice. You know, he lets him in and then he gets to you. It's really a beautiful um, chain of uh, happenings in a very small space with low volume that is being sound. Yeah, so it's also pay attention so to hard. details. Yeah. So rough. Yeah. Right. But, but you know, uh, something else uh, that I wanted to tell you, um, using the camera, like there are places, like you are using it almost subjectively, like almost, you, you ask the camera to take upon itself the emotion of the character. So it's becoming like handheld. You, is it true, if I remember well? Uh, some of the scenes are handheld, that's true. Right. Some of them are more stable. But the, the handheld was because, you see, it's so almost like if I'm shaking, if I have the camera on you, right? And you are overwhelmed and excited, you know, fear or whatever, and you cannot express it. I can have the camera express it. That's what I mean subjectively. Yeah, of course. When the camera is handheld, there is more emotions involved. Involved, and uh, you can uh, the the camera is becoming a subject as well. It's not just you are filming a person and uh, the way he's uh, portrayed by the camera, but the camera is also becoming a a person with a feeling and with yes. a breathe with a, yes. with a yes. heartbeat and with a breathing. So yes. when I yeah. when I move to handheld camera, it's much more personal. It's putting me also inside the scene. Right. And uh, I, I think there is something more uh, alive back then. Nonetheless, I do like the, the stable camera to try to capture the world also in the very objective and- It's not only objective, you make me decide what to look. But when, you, when the, you're in the frame, this is a, a camera or somebody is there? It's only the stable camera or somebody is behind it? 
I'm in the frame two times, once when I cut Alva's hair and once when he, the last scene, when he goes into the, through the gate of the school, uh, the first day of the first grade. Um, so the, uh, the first, the cutting hair scene, the, hair, the haircut scene, Rachel is taking okay. the- So it stays in the family. Yeah, well, we're a small business, it's a family right. business. Ohad, what is the first message that you convey your students when you start the year with them? The first one, um, I, I, I try to um, speak about three things that are important for, for me as a filmmaker, and I think to try to make them understand it, that they need to go through three stages. One is that the film is understandable, that people that are watching the film, they can understand it. Second, that people are feeling the film, that they can feel something towards the film, that it's um, making them uh, through a emotional uh, voyage. And the third is that the film is theirs, that they are able to have their uh, thing, like finger, finger, um, their- um, And fingerprint. Fingerprint in the film that when I see the film, maybe not in the first year or the second year, but when they finish their film study, uh, I'm able to understand that a specific film is a, is a specific work of a specific filmmaker without knowing that. So that there is something about their filmmaking that is theirs, that cannot be separate from them as, as artists. Yeah. What's more important uh, for, uh, for you, the fact that they, we, would un we will understand what you want to say or that it reaches us as audience and we can bring our story to the film and interpret it in our way, not yours? No, my, my way of uh, understanding the film is, is not important if you can understand it your way, it's more yeah. important. It's not yeah. important that I uh transfer you a specific story or a specific uh, moral uh, issue or something like that but it needs to make order in your head somehow so it needs to mm -hmm. to stand as a, something that you can recognize who are the filmmakers that sorry that you like well, i like I a lot ask this question uh, let me ask this question i don't know what came over me i think <laughs> i want to know who inspire you I'm inspired about from a lot of people, like uh, not only filmmakers, but also like painters and uh, um, sculptures, sculpture, sculptures. Which um, painters? Sorry? Painters. Like classic um, paintings. Um, like you, you mentioned impressionists. Uh, uh, painters. So this is something that was very influencing me, the way they are capturing light, the way they're capturing movement. And uh, this is something that I was very much inspired as an art, art student. I studied cinema, but I did my second degree in arts. Um, but uh, also contemporary art, like Avigdor Aricha, the way he's uh, um, painting the, the things white the white color, the way he's dealing with white and with brightness. So Avigdor Aricha is also something that is very inspiring. You know that, that I give my students, uh, yeah, I give them in the beginning of the semester a list of, mm -hmm. of painting, painters and musicians and also some writers that I tell them, if you don't know anything about them, you miss a lot, you should really know. 
Because mm -hmm. I, I don't remember, I think it, it was Sofia Coppola, and she was talking about she's all the time looking at images, journals, uh, books, uh, you know, reproduction, uh, you know, to, to, and she like absorbed, you know, images. So then when she comes to tell a story, you know, then already becoming air images and she take, you know, becoming integrated to, to, the, to the dramatic moment that she's dealing about. So it's really yeah, wonderful. It, uh, yeah. The, the uh, richness of the filmmaker much uh, of the film and the filmmaker much come must come from uh, film history and art history. It cannot like stand alone in the air with nothing yeah. behind it. How do you feel being an Israeli documentarist? I don't. I, well, I, I have to apologize because maybe you did, and not dealing with the occupation. <laughs> Yeah, this is something very interesting for me because when I was uh, making that trans the transition from being a cameraman to a, from a cinematographer, to a cinematographer to a filmmaker, all of the people around me in the film industry were doing films either on the Holocaust or about the okay. um, mwah, mwah. occupation. <laughs> You're well, so it's like uh, it's this is the subjects that are first of all very. This is what is ex expected from filmmakers in Israel to do. And uh, still, uh, when you're uh, trying to distribute your film, if it's uh, dealing with those subjects, it's much easier to do the work. But um, I, I think for me, it was, it's more, it was something that was too narrow to do. And I was looking for things that are much more um, existential and uh, like, less in a concrete uh, spot of time and uh, and zone. I, I, I'm looking for things that are more wide in their uh, um, ideas, the, the way they are, uh, they are touching reality. Right, yeah, yeah. Because you know that for many, many years in Israel cinema, it was all about, you know, big national stuff. And then I think we have two filmmakers like Jad Neiman, Sorry that he uh, went to heaven. Aremale Hefner, who also went to heaven. But they really started the personal stories, looking for, you know, the slice of life, which has nothing to do with big issues, big politics or war. And, I, and then it went away again, you know? So now I look at your film, or I look what's now in the cinema, like the last film of Avi Nesher, tell the story of big, you know, story about our history, about the past. Right, and then you come yeah. with your slice of life. I don't know. It's like like a jewel. Did you feel like a? I think this personal stuff is as big as the big stuff, and many times you just slide to the big stuff to avoid your personal stuff, right. or you put your personal stuff in the big stuff. It's all life, and uh, you. I think that the movies that we just talked about now with Ohad you can place everywhere. Yes. And the occupation, right. not everywhere, but maybe two. Maybe it, it two. It depends because, how you uh, do it. Because everybody is dealing with it. this. Yeah, right. but you know, one of the things that really blew me completely off is the end of the film about the pregnancy. At the end, she goes to talk to her dead infant, the one who died. This yeah. is how you end it. Right. This is the last. Yeah, it was last... Uh, something. Yeah, it's the last scene. It's something that was very important for Rachel to end this 
the film with this conversation with the dead uh, fetus, the fetus that did not uh, uh, succeed to, to uh, survive. Yeah, but you know, but that... it's very natural. You know, she he was part of her her life for a while, and she couldn't just ignore it and let it go. I know a lot of women. Yeah. I know a lot of women it. who had abortion. It's a different cannot, story. It's of a course, different story. it's a different story, but they still, story. for years, 20, 30, 40 years, they still think about it. Of course. You know? But that was a very interesting way to, to finish the movie. You know? I, I cannot even explain. Or, because usually we say that the last image or the last scene carries with it the intent of the whole movie. Right. It's a little bit like from if you go back to Greek and the you know the goddess of the water, the goddess of the motherhood. Uh, you know they collide in the the universe with a personal wish, you know, and whispering. It's beautiful. I think it's pretty. What are you working on now? You took it for me. <laughs> I just had it in my mind. What you're talking? About? Yeah, what you're working for me? Uh, too much yeah. time like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you working on now? On? Um, I'm uh, starting a, uh, a new project. Uh, it's uh, following my parents, actually. It's funny that I'm now more into uh, personal terms. It's something that I didn't do in the past, and now it's um, pretty much uh, uh, in, like happening. And um, I'm uh, following their love story from the day they met until now, now they're in their seventies, uh, late seventies. Where did they meet? In Eilat. In Eilat oh, is the southern, wow. southern city in Israel. Yeah, but yes. it used to be like the city of sin a little bit. Yeah, you know, well, pleasure yeah. and sin and. Yeah. yeah, so they were in Eilat in the seventies when hippies was fashionable, and uh, they were like really. It was a, you can see from the pictures there. It's a crazy love story. And uh, I want to see the way that uh, this uh, love story develops and changes through time and um, to compare between them today and them back then. And can you uh, see them, can, when you look at them today, can you detect things that they had in the seventies? Yeah, yeah, uh, we're trying to, I'm trying to reveal those uh, small, um, chemical connections and the way that they are we're looking one at each other back then and um, I think the spark is still there is it embarrassing well. for you um no it's not embarrassing no nice why why do you think it should be embarrassing because I think kids sometimes are embarrassed we don't want, to, yeah, we don't want yeah. to think about okay. your parents excuse me loving but even worse doing it I say this. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot think about them, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're going to have a real nice uh, journey with them. You started already? Yeah, I started. Ah. I'm now fundraising the, the oh, budget okay. for the film. And uh, but I I started already the right. This is the part become very difficult. When are you doing the film with your daughter? My daughter is a different story. She, for many years, she was uh, uh, rejecting me to film her. But after she saw the film with Alva, Summer Nights, she said that she wants her film as well. And uh, I already filmed her. I'm doing a small, a short film with her. 
but this is I don't know how how public it will be because it's just something I need to, I feel I need to pay the debt for her yeah but but and you know I, I just think about how much she would be influenced about the film about her brother in terms of trying to define herself in a certain way you know what I mean mm-hmm. yes she will compare I am sure I will have to compare it's almost like a um how she wants she wants to be perceived how old is she now she's four she's four mm-hmm. yeah and Alva was six yes it's different it's a big difference right I'm I'm, I'm really eager to see it uh so it's a short film you finished the short film I did it's uh, it's based on this marshmallow test you um, maybe are what do you mean I knew it? I know him very well he was my friend um, marshmallow test he, yeah the guy who did it was a uh, oh my god I will uh, Michel, uh, Walter Michel he did this experiment and this you know like I don't know 50 years ago he passed away like three years ago and oh, we really? good friends of him yeah It's really a fantastic test. I don't know if people know you can tell about it. It's a test that you uh, do around this age of four. You uh, put uh, the kid in a very isolated uh, surrounding and uh, you put a plate with a marshmallow in front of the kid and you tell the kid he shouldn't eat the marshmallow for 20 minutes. And if he will uh, be able to keep from eating the marshmallow for 20 minutes, he will get the another marshmallow yeah and uh, it's interesting to see how the kid is uh, fighting with his own uh, thoughts and desire yeah. and uh, yeah, it had a big influence on develop in developmental psychology yeah until today uh-huh. so um you're not going to do any political film <laughs> this is i don't know why i'm asking it but uh, it's almost okay I, i i can how can you avoid um putting away the noise of many way outside life. Like in, in our society became violent. Situations are, are, so, are so temporary, political issues, they are so temporary. If you look at it, if you look at political issues in the, on the timeline of mankind, so it's, it's, import, it's important milestones, but they are very small if you compare it to the being of a person the being of a of the the human society so i'm more interested in people than not in a specific yeah, point look at people around culture. you but you look at what you know the noise of violence of the way of talking which became um overwhelmingly disturbing you know and i, I don't know how can you look away in a way you follow me because you sit and you it's almost like you push everything aside in the films I saw and you take a slice of life and you go with it and you don't let noise and disturbances and poison especially poison filtering you you you, you say, say faint I don't know how to say it mm-hmm It's amazing because you took me there. It's very crystallized and it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you do it because I just watch the news before I talk to you. Probably watch the news after you. What are you going to do with that after I saw your film? 
You don't watch more films and you don't watch the news. Yes, it's uh, you know uh, I make right, right, right. Oh, hard. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I did. Yes. You did. And I hope yeah, people I will them. watch your films, and we're looking forward for more. And you did take us somewhere else. Yeah. And you did inspire. At least I'm sure inspired us in in what we do. Right. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. It was very nice to meet you. She knows you met him before, right? Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming. Thank everybody who came to listen to us. And we are looking for your next 50 films. Yeah, <laughs> you're very young. It's very hard for And say hello to, say to your goodbye. wife and to your kids and thank thank them for I will, I will. Tell them they have a big part of, you know. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank bye. you. Bye everybody. Bye, bye. everybody. See you next bye. week. Next week.